You had it. You had it, and you talked、oh, yourself out of it. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Welcome back to the Think Like the Test podcast. I am Ben Caldwell. With me again is Carrie Wida. Hey, everyone. This episode I'm calling "Systems in Two Parts." And I like that because it tells you nothing about what we're actually going to be talking about in terms of test taking strategy. But as we lead into this, what does it mean to you to be an MFT? Like, how is that different from other professions?、Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my what I learned in grad school、uh, is that、uh, MFTs think systemically. Marriage and family therapists definitely see all like the work of therapy is evaluating how、uh, the clients, like even if it's an individual client,、um, how. The systems may be contributing to supporting the symptoms,、um, uh, you know, preventing the client from achieving whatever goals it is that they're they're hoping to get out of therapy. It's very obvious when you're working with uh, uh, couples, for example.、Um, you know, there is this you know kind of question of、uh, who is your who is your client in that situation. And for an MFT, the client is the relationship, as opposed to you know having like. Two individual clients at the same time. I think that that's what I really like about、uh, MFT. the The MFT like philosophy is that even if it is just an individual client, which it often is,、um, you're working with just an individual client.、Uh, the work can still be systemic. Since you're on the MFT track, we are going to focus in today on a couple of questions that are in fact specific to systemic thought. And just as a reminder for our listeners, Carrie has not seen these questions before. You are coming in cold. You're going to be presented with a sample question. We'll tell you where the question comes from, and then Carrie's going to walk us through her decision-making process as she comes to an answer on that question. Hopefully, that informs you when you're thinking about your own test-taking strategy. Carrie, are you ready? I'm ready. A couple has been married for one and a half years and have a newborn baby. They seek therapy to deal with behavioral problems involving the mother's three children from a previous marriage. The father angrily says that the children, nine, twelve, and sixteen, mouth back at him and do not respect their mother's authority. The couple has started having serious fights. The therapist decides to focus initially on the times when the father has thought that the children were respecting their mother's authority. The purpose of this focus is to help the what? And this question comes from the 2022 AMFTRB Candidate Handbook for the National MFT Exam. A, parents unite the marital dyad. B, father accept his role as a step parent. C, parents feel hopeful about the situation. Or D, mother perceive her part in the interaction. Wow. Uh. So I. Have like I have an affinity or an inclination toward、um, uh, postmodern, particularly kind of narrative therapy, and so I'm reading this question. I'm thinking, yeah, I love that.、Um, uh, focus on times when the fathers thought that the children were respecting their mother's authority. That's great. You're identifying、um, moments of difference,、uh, mm-hmm. sparkling moments, as one might call them in narrative therapy, in order to kind of shift the narrative and and kind of、um, thicken thicken the narrative around a preferred、uh, way of looking at the situation.、Um, but You don't、uh, need to prove、therapy. to me that you are a narrative therapist. I understand I, that. 
I I know, but I now I'm in my I'm reading this and I'm thinking like, oh God, unite the marital dyad and accept the role as step parent. These are very not narrative concepts, but I do vaguely remember them from a family systems class back in grad school. So if he's foc- if the therapist is focusing initially on the times when the father has thought that the children are respecting their mother's authority, the purpose of this focus is to uh, okay, the first one is uh, help help the parents unite the marital dyad. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how, oh gosh, I'm not sure how that does that. Uh, I think that it, I think if I remember correctly, boy, I am reaching back into the cobwebs here. Um, I think uniting the marital dyad might be uh, an intervention for that might be to kind of separate that maybe have them like if I remember correctly like do a date night or um uh, uh have maybe have therapy just the two of them uh to kind of create a boundary between that dyad and the parent children dyad uh, or the parent children kind of uh, relationships Oof, I don't know so I'm not sure about that Sounds sounds very again um, like a previous episode. It it sounds very family systemsy. So um, okay, let's look at B. Father, uh, the purpose of this focus is to help the father accept his role as a step parent. Um, I don't, I don't think that this, I don't. This doesn't sit right for me. I don't see how that. I don't see how focusing on times. When the father thought the children were respecting their mother's authority, um, helps father accept his role as a step parent. Um, I would imagine that intervention would look more like um, having him uh, step in in a meaningful way, um, uh, maybe creating rules or delivering some consequences or something um, to kind of solidify that role. But I don't see how focusing on when the children have respected their mother's authority. That doesn't seem to fit that for me. Okay. Um, okay, so C is the purpose of this focus is to help the parents feel hopeful about the situation. I, to, to me, I'm like, yeah, it's that. Uh, because that I think would happen um, if the, the father angrily says the children mouth back at him and do not respect their mother's authority, which is a very black and white statement that they do not respect their mother's authority. Um, that is an indicator that this is always the case. Um, so of course, if that's the mindset that they're coming into therapy with, then that would make them feel, I think, fairly bleak about the situation. And we all know one of the things that you need to do as a therapist is instill hope um, in your clients for the change is possible. So I, I do think that this uh, the, that this focus of times when the father is thought actually the children were respecting their mother's authority um i think that would help make them feel hopeful about the situation i'm not sure if that's the purpose of this intervention of this focus i think it's a byproduct for sure um but let's see what d is um the purpose of this focus is to help the mother perceive her part in the interaction uh again i think that that's it's a very family systems thing, I think. Um, understanding how she influences the like chain of events, um, but I'm not sure how focusing, having focusing on times when specifically the father thought the children were respecting their mother's authority, 
I don't see how that helps the mother perceive her part in the interaction. So while I'm I'm highly doubtful of my instincts because I I'm, I'm feeling like they're not very systemic like it C doesn't have any of the good system words in it um but I feel like I I have to pick C I I in the test I would pick C and move on so so exactly what you should do here pick C and move yeah. on <laughs> I feel so vindicated. So you're focusing in your thought process on what is systemic, which all of these are reasonably systemic, and on what the task will help accomplish. So uh, what is the purpose of um, pointing out times when the father has thought that the children were respecting their mother's authority? One thing that I think is easy to miss in this question is that we are talking about the early stage of therapy, right? The parents have sought therapy to deal with these behavioral problems. They've started having serious fights. The therapist decides to focus initially on times when the father has thought that the children were respecting their mother's authority. Well, if you look at the response options here, they're all decent enough options. And so you can think about, okay, what does this focus actually do? And you're right, it's hard to get to this would help the father accept his role as a step-parent. Um, uniting the marital dyad is a, is a good thing to do, but that seems more like it might be even middle phase of therapy. Um, the first thing you want to do, or at least one of the early things you want to do, is instill hope. And a way that you can get there in any systemic form of therapy is to talk about times when the problem didn't exist or wasn't as bad. And the terminology for this can differ a little bit from one model to another, but instilling hope is systemic, it is early stage, and it seems likely to be a result of pointing out the times when the father thought the children were respecting their mother's authority. C is correct, and I appreciate, Carrie, one particular thing that you said at the end, where you'd kind of thought through it for a minute, and you're like, I'm just going to pick C and move on. That is good <laughs> test-taking strategy. Because okay. it's really easy, not just on these, on a lot of questions, to talk yourself out of the right answer when you already have it. And so because these are timed tests, you got to get through them. Once you feel reasonably confident that you've got the right answer, move on. And if you're taking practice tests as part of a prep program through me or through anybody else, you might want to kind of make note of where were the questions that I changed my answers because it helps you to know as an examinee, did that help me? Or did those changes actually hurt me? Because if the changes actually were more likely to hurt me, then I need to do a better job of sticking with my first instinct on these questions. On the other hand, if changing my answer tended to help me, then my bigger issue taking the real thing is gonna be time management. Making sure that I have enough time to get through all of the questions at enough of a level of depth that I can make changes where I need to make changes where it's going to be helpful. So the title of this episode was Systems in Two Parts. I actually have a second question for you that is Ooh, involving okay. the same vignette. So same vignette, the couple that's been married for a year and a half, same stuff leading them into therapy. Which of the following statements should the therapist make to help the family perceive their complaints from a systemic or a systems perspective. 
and do that again. Which of the following statements should the therapist make to help the family perceive their complaints from a systems perspective? A, it is difficult to be a stepfather. B, the children are having difficulty adapting to the new baby. C, the marital relationship is being affected by your wife's children. Or D, you are experiencing a normal adjustment to becoming a stepfamily. Oh, no, I was feeling so proud of myself um, for being a good system thinker. And now I'm confused again. Um, okay. Uh, I don't think it's A. I don't think it is difficult to be a stepfather. It helps uh, move things, understand their complaints from a systems perspective. Maybe great validation, um, maybe good rapport building, but it's, it has nothing to do with a systems perspective. Okay. B, the the children are having difficulty adapting to the new baby. Um, I, I could I could see how that could be from a systems perspective, uh, because you are uh, kind of pointing out how um, you know a change in the system has like uh, caused you know some other problems elsewhere. You know, it's not just a lack of respect. Um, you know, as uh, the, the question says, the father angrily says that the children 9, 12 and 16 mouth back at him and do not respect their mom, mother's authority. Saying that the children are having difficulty adapting to the new baby kind of reframes that as uh, that behavior is it's not that they lack respect. It's that their, you know, their system has been disrupted and they're dealing with that kind of disruption. Um, but I'm not, I'm not feeling like that's definitely it. Um, see the marital relationship is being affected by your wife's children. Well, you know, I, I think it's kind of, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if, if that one had more to do about like the general systems, I'd feel better about it. That feels kind of blamey placing the blame on the children. Um, Finally, D, you, see, I love this one. You are experiencing a normal adjustment to becoming a stepfamily. Um, uh, that that sounds very safe and probably uh, act, like uh, maybe, I don't know if accurate is the right word, but um, validating, normalizing. It, it, may, it seems normalizing to, to share that with a family. Uh my gut is saying that that's more of like a family development perspective has it and i'm and i'm not, not that that's not systemic but um if we're talking about specifically systemic therapy th th i'm not sure that statement is helping the family like specifically helping the family perceive their complaints from a systems perspective uh i'm gonna do the same thing i did in the first one i'm gonna say b my answer is b the children are having difficulty adapting to the new baby and I'm going to move on. You had it. You had it. And you talked no! yourself out of it. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So the answer is D. You are experiencing a normal adjustment to becoming a step family. Okay. So tell me why that is more systems perspective-y than the children are having difficulty adapting to the new baby. So... Only option D speaks to the entire family. Option A uh... speaks to the stepfather. Option B, you might be actually saying the words to the family, but it only explains what's happening with the children. Option C 
again, you might be saying this to the whole family, but it's only talking about what's happening in that marital subsystem. If you're helping the family, like the entirety of the family, perceive their complaints from a systems perspective, then you need something that is explanatory for the entire family and helps make their experiences normative, understandable. Mm -hmm. Only option D here gets you there. And part of the reason why I chose these two questions is that when you're looking at differences between professions and you talk about philosophy, I've heard the complaint more than a few times that the differences are fuzzy, that they are nebulous, that we're all kind of doing the same stuff. And I love our sister professions. I have so much respect for social workers, for counselors, for psychologists. And the reason why I have so much respect comes down to those philosophical differences. We work from different places and those differences are meaningful. And when we recognize those differences, then we all have something unique to contribute to a treatment conversation. In this instance, we're talking about the MFT exam and the national MFT exam in particular, more so than the California MFT exam. The national MFT exam will emphasize a systemic perspective. And that is not some kind of vague or nebulous thing. It means adhering to some key systemic principles, including holism, the idea that the, the whole system is more than the sum of its parts, and homeostasis, that systems seek stability. And option D here, I think, really speaks to both of those in ways that the other options either don't speak to or don't speak to as well. So, Carrie, you get 50% on a test of yeah, being okay. a systemic therapist, but you <laughs> had it. Good. It was right. It was in your hand. You had it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, oh, gosh. So now I'm rethinking my strategy of just pulling the trigger. Uh, I did. I, I talked myself out of one and I and I stopped trying to talk myself out of one on the other. So whew, I'm just going to have to do more uh, more studying about systems thinking. Well, but I think that's also a really good example. Like it's for most examinees, it's not that changing an answer is always good or always bad. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why I think it's helpful to track is so that you can look at tendencies. Does it usually help me if I change my answer? Does it usually mean I'm talking myself out of a good one? But most people, you included, it's not going to be 100% one or the other, right? It's, it depends a little bit on the question. It depends a little bit on your thought process on that question. No, that makes all the sense in the world. It really does. And I I think that um, between so between uh, trying to not talk myself out of the right answer, but giving myself enough time to think through things so I can come up with the right answer while also agonizing over whether this test was just like incorrectly written. Uh, this that was the last episode about. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like <laughs> combine all of it together. Uh, mm -hmm. I will be a completely neurotic uh, test taker. So but I do I uh, jokes aside, I do see that the wisdom of like, you know, the if if I the more I do it, the the like take like answer these questions the more i see kind of what my 
like own personal tendency is. Um, is it to overthink? Is it to just jump the gun? Um, and and I think that 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 would be really helpful to see over time because these are just like two questions back to back. But seeing in aggregate, um, which pattern do I tend to fall into more? I, I see how that would be super helpful to prepare. That's why I'm a big believer in the the benefit of taking practice exams, like not just mm-hmm. knowing the material deeply, but actually taking practice exams in the format of the ones you'll be taking for real. Mm-hmm. And also pretty deeply reviewing your results on those practice exams. The question rationales can help you understand not just the content, but how test questions tend to parse out that content and the kinds of mistakes that you as an examinee might make. Different people make different kinds of mistakes. But if you understand the kinds of mistakes that you tend to make, then you're better able to target those and be much stronger on test day. If you wanna be a stronger examinee, then you can take any of the programs available for BBS exams on bencaldwelllabs.com. Again, bencaldwelllabs.com. On behalf of Carrie Weta, I'm Ben Caldwell. We'll see you next time.